The Sports Career Podcast, episode 279. How to safeguard integrity in sports. Hello Sports Achiever and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest with regards to the power of sport integrity and why it's so important with regards to sports and the work we do. So I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. And before I forget, If you haven't hit that subscribe button and left an honest review with regards to your experience listening to the show, please do. It makes a huge difference and I would be super grateful for that. Go to education2sport forward slash review. Thank you very much. Now, getting back to today's episode, this week's special guest is Emmanuel Medeiros. Emmanuel is the global CEO of SEGA, which stands for Sport Integrity Global Alliance. SEGA specialises in with regards to bringing together sporting organisations, government, academia, international organisations, sponsors, businesses, national governing bodies, really with a common cause to improve integrity through sport. So for that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Emmanuel as a podcast special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, Emmanuel will share his sports career journey and explain to you why safeguarding integrity is crucial in the sports industry. Emmanuel, it's such a joy to have you on the podcast show. Please you share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Well, it started for me at a very young age. And it started with that thing, that ingredient, that spark that makes the whole difference. And that's called passion. My passion for sport is something that I ha- have accompanied me all my life. I, uh, I used to listen to the radio when I was very, very young, at a very early age, because where I was born in the Azores, we didn't have television. And we were surrounded by ocean from all sides. But the reality is that there was matches, the great stars, the great legends, the great idols. And that is where the spark started. It's fantastic uh, activity which we call sport, which is much more than a game. It's much more than a business. It is indeed a, a cluster of multiple opportunities and synergies responsible for generating human development, self-esteem, sense of pride in a positive way, but also generating social and economic development and, and so much of the fantastic progress that I have witnessed in multiple roles in the industry. Uh, I'm a lawyer by trade, as you know. And uh, after experiences leading uh, the legal department of a, a Premier League club, I uh, took responsibilities at the Portuguese League as general manager. And then I was, of course, one of the founding fathers of the European Leagues and the World Leagues. And that gave me a, that gave me a very high, tall mountain to observe, not only to observe, but also to intervene and shape the future of the sport uh, that we all love. 
Absolutely. And I just want to tap into your sort of legal background briefly. I know you're doing bigger things now with Seager, which we'll touch on. But for any young lawyers out there who are studying law or just started their career in law, like how has that supported you looking back now? I think it has been a backbone, a very important backbone. In addition to my own personal characteristics as an individual, it gave me the knowledge, it gave me the basis, it gave me a solid basis to not only to understand and analyze, but also to set my eyes on the future and shape it in a way that I felt was in line with the necessities. And uh, I think I would not be the man, but being a lawyer is not, is not a profession. It's a call. You feel it, you know, you feel it, you, your urge, your passion, this irresistible impulse, choose sides to pick causes, sometimes pick fights, but trying to uh, add value and trying to bring positive contribution to our society and our industry. And law was always, for me, a field of passion, a field of uh, professional activity, of course. But I think that there are little, if any, profession that can compare to law because it is, uh, you know, it is an ocean of uh, of knowledge, of expertise, and ability to intervene in a positive in a positive way. This is what I would describe in a broad sense. And and and, and to show you and to show you that I'm in business, you know, out of my three uh, sons, my daughter and one of my twins, they went to law. My wife is a lawyer, so so. I think law has been pivotal in our lives and uh, and it certainly has helped me to shape and build reforms on the regulatory front of sport from football to other to other sports widely um and it is it is a uh, a notion of of opportunities for those who are now finishing university or thinking how they can find their place in this uh, in this battered and bruised society you know where marketplace is evolving where the jobs and the employment of tomorrow still have not been created, I think law can provide that um, kickstart and those foundations that enable you know, anyone to fulfill their potential. Absolutely. And you said it was a backbone of law, but before this call, you said the power of faith. I think this is a, a good combination. Could you explain what you mean, faith? Uh, actually, all from an inspiration. You can't see it because you're listening to the listen, like the listeners listening in. But there's a fantastic painting behind Emmanuel, and he said it was all about faith. So, could you just share your philosophy of faith and why is that important as well? Whatever profession we do in the sports industry, I, I think that we would be uh, very poor as individuals if we did not have a sense of purpose, if we were not guided by a clear objective if we would not have the legitimate, natural, healthy ambition to leave things in a better way than what we have inherited. Uh, everything that we do in life depends on ourselves, how confident we, we are, our level of self-esteem, our ability to believe that we can even overcome the worst adversities because if we don't believe we can, we will never will. So rule number one is believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Value what you're doing. You don't need to be obsessed with the glory, with, the, with fame. No, just do what is right. And that will trigger a number of uh, other synergies and opportunities. I don't believe that if uh, uh, you are not good in what you do, 
you can be recognized as such because sooner or later your weaknesses your vulnerabilities uh, will be identified uh, there is a, an old saying in portuguese that that goes like so oh, it's easier to to catch a liar than uh, you know a, a, a limp person you know rigor in translation that is the idea so self confidence self esteem sense of pride sense of honor in what we do do it right believe in ourselves you know and don't be afraid of work which was a lesson that my parents gave me at a very young age they told me manuel never be afraid of working you know never be afraid of rolling out your sleeves and doing what has to be done others may call it determination this is the the obvious and so so to to all those listeners uh who are thinking about the dramatic circumstances that we are now currently living i tell them to have faith to continue believing that they can to continue motoring on to continue advancing because if it's not through the door well you will find an open window you know find your way create your own opportunities don't expect anyone to drop opportunities on you to pave your way to set your path be the agent of change be the leader that lives in you take decisions assume responsibilities and do the right thing with regards to doing the right thing again having the right mindset because this is what i've learned from you emmanuel from a good couple of years now through through sega how important is integrity i know we know if the listeners don't know what it means we'll talk about it in detail but how important is integrity to have that as a good mindset a good stepping stone to doing the right thing in the sports industry i love your views on that for the listener who can take action of their destiny in the sports industry well, i think the shortest version is is simply to say that without integrity sport is not sport it's a shame and i think that we all love sport because we believe that what happens on the ground on the pitches on the tracks is the truth so after having exerted responsibilities at all levels of the game i decided to make my own business to give my contribution to ensure that not only the problems the vulnerabilities the loopholes the gaps the threats were identified and brought into the in broad daylight but focusing on the solutions on the uh, antidotes on the synergies and that creating a united front because global problems you need global solutions and only a united front of like-minded organizations and individuals can deliver so it is a fatal mistake to talk about problems in isolation and dropping premeditated solutions or or regulations on them that's a waste of time and a waste of money and a waste of energies if we want really to tackle the challenges facing the industry and ensure it is a sector where we can work with sense of pride with fulfillment with dignity with respect for ourselves and the sector that we work in then we need real meaningful reforms it's not it's not uh, scratching here and scratching there touching here touching there it is to have the courage that is needed to go to the root of the problems acknowledge the problems and mobilize like-minded organizations and individuals to solve them once and for all and this is not just a, a weight and a burden for the presidents 
of the international and national sports organizations. This is an indeclinable responsibility for everyone who was exerted to serve public interest in a government, in an international organization, in law enforcement, in the judicial system, and also, may I uh, add, the fans are the consumers. They are the spark. They are the fuel of the passion. They are what makes this game and this industry so appealing globally. So I call on everyone who may be listening to us and urge them not to be a bystander. Use the legitimacy and the passion that they have for sport as a source of demand. We have to demand. There is no other way. And we have to demand change now. So be the agent of change that lives in you. This is my call to each and every sports fan who just want to enjoy the game, you know, and, and through the game, live on uh, their dreams. Perfectly legitimate. And not as complicated as it may sound. Absolutely. And for the listeners who want to work in this industry, relating to your experience, Emmanuel, if they improve their self-leadership through a integrity scope for the good, how can that have a positive influence to what you've just said beforehand to create that global change where sport is clean, sport is going the right, de- right direction of equality, for example, it all starts with us. That's the point I'm trying to say in my question to you. So how can, from your lessons of leadership, how can they apply self-leadership to their own self-development, but also development to the sports industry going forward? Step number one for leadership is to have a vision. Is to have a vision. Is to identify a direction of travel and encourage, mobilize, and incentivize and convince others to come along because one man is not an island. So we need, we need uh, this critical mass, this global movement, this united front to press for change, press for reforms. But while I'm saying this, I want to be very clear. Our motto, what drives us, is not name and shame. Contrary to other individuals or other organizations who are always focusing on sticking their noses or sticking their fingers, you know, uh, in the negative problems and the threats, we work towards solution, building consensus towards those solutions and moving them forward. And this is why when I talk to you and through you with all the listeners, and I imagine that there is a, a, a wide number of young people listening to you because your show is really outstanding and I'm a big fan. But having said that, I think that there needs to be a higher cultural attitude, greater demand uh, that places sport integrity where it belongs. And that can only be at the top, at the podium. Because without integrity, as I said, there is nothing. And obviously each one of us have the opportunity, have the means, have the knowledge. Today is much easier than it was 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. You now need, you now want to be informed about something, you just uh, go to the internet and conduct a, a brief search and you are like a genius, right? That was not in the past, it was not like this. So, so what I'm saying is there are new opportunities and they are wonderful. There is an admirable new world out there to explore, to build, you know, the link between, for example, 
sport and technology and how technology can not only enhance fan experience and enhance the commerciality of, of the game and enhance its business, its global appeal, its popularity worldwide, it's just one aspect. The other is it provides us tools to safeguard the integrity, to safeguard the truth, to safeguard the ethics without which there is no sport. And each and every individual can play a major role, can make the difference. The sooner you start, the better. And we, SIGA, are here with open doors and open arms to welcome you. Because we want, we want really to spur this global movement uh, fewer than led by the youth of the world, as we are doing, as we are doing. But that can only be successful if we are all in if we are not bystanders, but if we are agents of change. And, and Ed, it's now more and more, increasingly more, after your generation to show that leadership, to, to show the path and the direction of travel, you know, because our generation has little time to show that we are capable. And I think many opportunities have already been blown up. We'll be talking about Sega very shortly, but I have one more follow-up question because you've just sparked it. How can we safeguard integrity? So quickly, these are words. I love words. I hope people are learning. But how can we put these words into action? Is it having good policies in place? Is it having good proper educational tools? What integrity is to make it more clearer to everybody that if we do lose this integrity in sport, sport will not move forward. So I love your thoughts of how we can safeguard integrity in the sports industry. I can tell you right at the outset, it's not rocket science or brain surgery. It is actually very simple, but it requires one critical ingredient, willingness. Without willingness, without courage, without taking the initiative and giving the step forward, nothing can be accomplished. Our vision for sport is anchored and based on a set of universal standards that provide an holistic approach and also a comprehensive, robust antidote to all the challenges and the problems and the threats sport is facing. It is divided in four critical areas. Integrity, meaning good governance in sport, the way organizations govern themselves and operate. Financial integrity, which is related with the financial transaction, financial flows, oversight, scrutiny, to ensure that the game is clean and all the financial flows come from identifiable and legitimate and licit sources not allowing sport to be dragged into or used by unscrupulous individuals and criminal organizations for money laundering and tax evasion, which by the way, drain the clubs out of their finances and facing terrible uh, financial problems. There are reasons for that. There are reasons for that. So that is area two, area three, interlinked with this, sports betting integrity. Sports betting integrity, it is crucial but it is interlinked with the previous two areas. And finally, youth development and child protection. Critical. We are not conformed with the current reality. And we will not accept the current state of affairs where a parent drops their kids to play sport, but he does not know what is the youth development policy. Is her son or their daughter in safe hands what sort of integrity checks are conducted, conducted in relation to those who exert these functions and work with young people. There is a number of, of challenges that needs to be tackled. 
trafficking and smuggling of, of, of young children. These are not sound bites. These are sad, tragic realities and dramas behind all of them. And, and shame on those who find excuses such as, we don't know what is the scale or the dimension of the problem. We don't have statistics that show us unacceptable excuses. Aren't you fed up of that? If you are, if you think that something can be done, if you think that time is now, and if you want to be a part of it, then SIG is the way. So we need you, we need you uh, to instigate this much needed cultural change so that sport can fulfill its mission, its role, its indeclinable responsibilities, not because there is a cup on every corner or in every street, but because our conscience dictates so. And when that happens, solutions will be implemented because we have designed all this. It's published in our website and I invite everyone to see. Final note, it's about accountability. And it's about not homemade scrutiny, not me and my pals making a, you know, an assessment and a whatever, uh, just to show that uh, we look ourselves in the mirrors and we look like champions. No, self-assessment has little uh, credibility. That is what I hear. That is what everyone says. And this is why from the start, we wanted to have an independent rating system, independent rating system, so that we hold the industry accountable and uh, sports organizations can really demonstrate that they deserve the trust of the fans, the passion of the people, and, and, uh, and the trust of, of, of the investors. I think that is very simple to understand, very easy uh, to formulate. There, are, there is heavy lifting done already, and now it's just waiting for uh, sports organizations to join us, to go through serves this rating system, as European Rugby League has done, as UEFA will do, as International Mixed Martial Arts will do, as the International Federation of Chess will do, and so many other sports organizations. Because, this is what I would say to conclude, times are changing. Times are changing. And there are positive uh, examples of organizations that are not only sensitive and aware of their own role and responsibility, they are walking the talk. And that is a great uh, stimulus for us all. That's wonderful to hear. I hope the listeners are taking notes. I'm still a bit speechless of what you just said about child protection. It sort of makes me want to be more accountable to raise this awareness even more. But look, I know I've mentioned Sega a few times, and I know you've just explained the backbone of your vision with it, but could you just explain to listeners what Sega is and what's your vision moving forward, like global vision of Sega? I'm going to put you on the spot. The next five years ahead like what is your goal to make integrity shine the light of the industry moving forward great well i thought you were never asked the question <laughs> which gives me the opportunity to say that in reality uh, we we personify we see them this global coalition of like-minded organizations and individuals we personify a tranquil revolution tranquil revolution says it all we have a positive language. We have a constructive tone. We privilege name and fame over name and shame. We focus on solutions, reforms, and positive dynamics. 
we try to mobilize the whole industry so that roaring to the same side, we fulfill the indeclinable responsibility of sport, especially in times like this of global pandemic, of uh, uncertainty, of great trauma and desperation for so many. I don't want to quote Mandela, but I think he was absolutely spot on when he says that sport has the power. You know, he was right, and so was the guy who wrote his speech, who knows that I'm now referring to him. But in any case, we live in a privileged time, um, but with eyes on the future. And this is why I decided to run for another term. I want to build on what we have already progressed, but I want to take it one step further globalizing our mission, globalizing uh, the engagement of all stakeholders. I want to have all sports organizations, or at least the dominant ones, showing that they mean business too, and they are not afraid of independent scrutiny and accountability. I want FIFA, I want the European federations, I want the, the governing bodies of every sport, regardless of where they're based, I want them to adopt the SIGA universal standards and go through serves. There is no other way. There is no plan B. There is no other organization like ours, and there is certainly uh, no need to reinvent the wheel. The wheel is there. The civil boot is there. It just needs to be implemented. That is my vision. And, that, and my vision is also that we can really feel unreservedly proud of the sector that we work in, that we play in, because this is an amazing sport, is an amazing, an amazing uh, sector, but it needs to lead by example. It needs to show that it's properly governed, that its financial flows are clean and transparent, that is not used as a, as a mask to disguise criminal infiltration and criminal, criminal uh, uh, purposes as as it has been so often. I am a man of sport. And we, we mentioned also the word faith. I have faith. I have faith that one day, sooner rather than later, everyone will understand this message and want to be part of it. Because if we just want to be bystanders, there is little merit on that. So, as I said before, I appeal in the leaders that live inside each one of your listeners and yourself, Ed. I call on that spark that is called passion for sport and the legitimate, legitimate right to find a future for yourselves as athletes, as coaches, as executives, as professionals in a sector that is clean and can stand straight and walk proud of being a sector where you know uh, fulfills all these all these uh, all these positive uh, all these positive uh, things uh, and if you don't believe in it, and if you don't believe then it's poor isn't it well you shouldn't be in this industry sorry i'm just being truthful you if, if you don't have the beliefs for positivity I, I don't think the sports industry is for you, but you've mentioned one thing and I would love to touch on it because I know Seager's really passionate about this as well, but 
for any listeners, can you just talk about the Youth Forum and what's that about? I was happy, I was privileged to be involved as a moderator for that. And for me, I'm this show's all about career development. So could you talk about what you do for the next generation of sport leaders? First of all, we want the uh, the younger generations, we want youth to own SEGA or co-own SEGA. That sense of ownership is very, very important. I don't want anyone to feel excluded because SEGA was created as an open field of opportunities and, and, and welcomed the contributions from all sides, from all key stakeholders. And youth represents the future. This is why, this is why we are uh, trailblazing the future with massive support from youth, as we are receiving massive support from female leadership in sport, who has been, who has been neglected. And discriminated for far too long. How can we accept that uh, uh, at the international federations level, only 17.8% of those who compose the executive committees, which means the highest executive organs in the international federations, are women. I know that the strong man would not cheat the rules of the game to uh, prevent others who have legitimate legitimacy and merit and value and the right to have a seat around the table. Shame on them. We need to change this. And it's not just about how many women participate as athletes in competitions. You can manipulate the statistics or whatever you want. But for me, there is only one. And that is those who sit on those chairs that hold the power must be operating in accordance with democratic principles and free opportunity and free dignity for all. When Until that happens, I will not be satisfied. So we won't use to be the spearhead, one of the spearheads of this global movement that we are creating. And we want also to uh, give them the floor, give them the opportunity, give empower youth as we have done, not only by, by uh, creating the right platforms such as the SIGA Youth Council or the SIGA Youth Forum, uh, but also giving them opportunity to sit at the SIGA Council which is the highest uh, uh, deliberative organ of SIGA, giving them an opportunity to express their voice, their input, and be accountable to for the decisions that are made. You know, And this is no different from what I thought when I was 17 or 19 or 25 or 30. You know, and I, as you know, I started at a very young age. You know, and I came from an island in the middle of the Atlantic in, in Southern Europe, so I know what barriers are uh, discrimination looks like uh, against the status quo. This and the same that we are doing with our great standing committee on gender, race, diversity, and inclusion. We will have a number of thought leadership events which are aimed not only to reach consensus on the reform agenda, but also how can we best move forward with results, with tangible impact, and that calls, again, for each and every one of you guys to come along. Absolutely. And there'll be more information about all the youth events you guys do. I think it's brilliant and it's refreshing to see. Emmanuel, out of interest, though, reflecting now, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back right now? Um, 
I have enjoyed so many things. I have enjoyed the opportunity to meet people, so many people, so many amazing people I have met around the world. I have enjoyed the opportunity to build things from scratch, like the European Leagues Organization Association, like the World Leagues, like Siganau, from, from vision to ambition and ambition to achievement. I made that happen. Me and all those uh, who, who supported me and who are engaged and without whom nothing would be possible. But I've done all that without exuberance, without uh, putting myself, uh, you know, above everything and, you know, and, and focus on the, uh, on the lights, but doing, doing my share in a humble, but very committed, very dedicated fashion. I think that the, the best and the worst thing that someone can tell me is, no, that's a brilliant idea, but it, it won't fly. It's not possible. It is too complicated. It is too tough. It's not going to work. That challenge has spurred great dynamics. Field. I will not conform. Ours it is easy, but precisely because it is difficult. You know, I'm not expecting glories. I'm not expecting medals. I'm not expecting jobs or honors. I do what my conscience dictates, and I assume full responsibility for that. But I will not fool you. I will not tell you something which I know it's impossible. If I say, let's do it, and my team knows this, and they work resently, uh, well, sorry, relentlessly, as you know, so that when my time comes, I will do what I have always done. I will ride off into the sunset with a sense of mission accomplished, knowing that I have done everything that I had in my power and I could, but with no regrets, never looking back. I left the European, the Portuguese League. I was invited by many clubs and everyone expected me to take uh, the helm of the Portuguese League when I left. I never wanted that. They were expecting me to have a, a political career. I never wanted that. They were expecting me to run for FIFA and UEFA. As president, I never wanted that. I only want to run on my own track and do what I believe in. I acknowledge the significance of everything else and the important role other people have. But I am not jealous. I don't have envy. I only want to be satisfied with my conscience, knowing that I have done everything I, I could on my watch. So that when I leave, I look ahead, I look forward. And certainly there will be wonderful things for me to do because I'm 52, you know, despite the way I look, uh, young spirit, indomitable. And that is something I share with you guys, you know, and the source of inspiration that I have from talking with young people is amazing. And that, that keeps me young and keeps me sharp and motivated to continue to do what I'm doing. Emmanuel, you're certainly sharp. You're looking well. Age is just a number, and my goodness, if people aren't passionate so far from your tone of voice for them to take action, well, they need to re-listen to this podcast. But look, I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. You've talked about why sport needs to be clean with integrity. You've talked about the word passion is your spark, but you can feel free to recap some of the things you said. But for the listener who I want to take action after this conversation, what three qualities 
can the listeners apply to make a positive impact to their sports career, but most importantly, a positive impact to the sports industry moving forward? What have those three qualities be? Number one, be passionate. To feel passion for what you do, for the sector you work in. Passion for the reality that you want to transform or want to play a part of. For that, you need to acknowledge that this sector is or has the potential to be credible and reputation intact. Second, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. No matter how hard is the task or how high is the mountain or complex is the hurdle, if you believe in yourself, you will find a way to reach destination, to make it happen, to overcome the challenges and to transform the adversities into opportunities of success. So believe in yourself. Work hard. That's number three. Work hard. Work hard because if you are not well trained, well prepared, you will not be able to influence anything. If you want to have a valid role in, in today's society, sport, global economy, uh, you need to do what is within your reach. You know, if you need more time, use more time, but never give in, never give up, never cease to fulfill your potential, never fail to believe in yourself. If others have done it, if others can do it, why can't you? What's preventing you from fulfilling your potential? So stop finding excuses and get the job done. And start one step ahead of the other. One step ahead of the other, and you will get there. Be resilient. And finally, that's number four, but as you know, I am subversive by nature. And the, although you gave me three, I'm going to take the chance to get for a, number, for a four. And that is do the right thing. Do the right thing. If you do the right thing, you can live with your conscience. Knowing that you don't, uh, sooner or later, ahead of the curve, you won't find any problem, any issue. You know, and um, uh, measure the circumstances measure the risks, analyze the pros and cons, go ahead, but act in accordance with your conscience. We live in society. We are going through the worst period of our lives, mine and yours. We have to do it right because recovery without integrity makes no sense. It's not possible. So let's, let's use this opportunity, not just to make promises, but to deliver them. Absolutely. And look, I hope the listeners have taken notes on those four because they all merge so well together. They're like literally little milestones to achieving what you want to do and what impact you want to make. Emmanuel, out of interest, how can people connect with you on social media? Where's the best place for people to connect with you? Well, they can, they can connect with Segan. We are uh, open doors. Uh, and we welcome, we welcome your contact, we welcome your interest, we want to um, talk to you, we want to engage with you, we need you, first of all. So, um, sportcom is our website, you know it. Uh, you can um, reach me by email, emmanuel.medeus 
at siege-sport.com. Uh, I am not a very activist of social media because, you know, the day has only 24 hours. Um, but we are, um, we are a very uh, dynamic, active uh, group of people growing, expanding. And, the, and this expansion is tremendous because it is, it is people from all over the world. And those precisely that, uh, that reach out spontaneously, they give us an additional sense that, yes, we are reaching the right notes. We are uh, having impact on people. And, and this global movement that we call SIGA, which in Portuguese stands, go ahead, go forward, um, is not just a great idea whose time has come. It is exactly the silver bullet for so many of these problems and what can bring youth together with purpose and um, with uh, a path to the future. And for that, uh, Ed, as you know, I think the job, the job that you do, uh, the generosity, the sense of initiative, uh, the commitment that you show, the professionalism that you, that you reveal uh, has also been a source of inspiration. And I want to commend you for that and, and, uh, and motivate you and encourage you and appeal that you carry on because through you, I know that we will reach others. Well, I'm super grateful for the calm words and vice versa. Um, I've got goosebumps. Listen, to... <laughs> I've got goosebumps just hearing what you've just said and thank you for the calm words. And for everybody listening in, all those links will be on my website really regards to this blog post. Emmanuel, it's been such a joy checking with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Be safe. What a fascinating podcast chat with Emmanuel. And every time I have a conversation with him, I always get goosebumps. And let me explain what I mean with my goosebumps. It's more his conviction of his words, which then leads to action. And that's my biggest takeaway. Something when I got on a call with Emmanuel two years ago, I just knew he's somebody who just has this drive. He never lets age be a factor. He never lets barriers be a factor. And I hope you got a little snippet of that listening to Emmanuel, which you can apply to your sports career ambition in that natural drive. It's something with regards to career development, nobody can teach you. It comes internally. It's internal motivation, what really gets you going with regards to the work you do. But with regards to today's podcast topic, I hope you've got a better understanding about safeguarding integrity in sport and why it's so important it may be state of the obvious but the sports industry is a big industry and I always say there's the great side of sport but there's also the dark side and that's things that are done behind closed doors we do hear about it in the news but actually it goes on in the industry quite a lot uh, when you start to talk to people in the sports industry and how things are done the wrong way so I hope you've got a, just a better understanding that when you have integrity with your values, your intentions, whatever sector in the sports industry, and like Emmanuel said, doing the right thing, the better you're going to be in this industry, regardless what sector, what role, what area of interest, just having that element of integrity 
is vital. It's something I never got taught when I was studying or even starting my career. When I've integrated this aspect in my podcast through the work I do when I speak to people and talk about sort of the lessons I've learned from my career journey, applying that integrity element just makes me more authentic, makes me more me. And it's like I'm not hiding anything. If I make a mistake, I make a mistake. But as long as I'm integral with my decisions and actions, that's all that matters. That is all that matters. And I think when you have this mindset approach, which is key as well, I think another learning lesson was, um, and he, Emmanuel really emphasized this, is having a solution mindset. I think when you have that, it makes life easier because you're always thinking of how things get better than just focusing of the negativity of sport and following the same patterns of negativity. So again, I really do hope you've got a better understanding why safeguarding integrity is vital in this industry, because like he said, without integrity in sport, there would be no sport with regards to the beauty of why we enjoy it and why we want to get involved, but most importantly, why we work in it. So look, on that note, I hope you put Emmanuel's career tips right in those four. Like I said, they're like stepping stones with regards to your overall aspect of what you want to do, how you want to make an impact, but most importantly, doing the right thing with regards to your sports career ambition. So on that note, put those four tips into action now and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Emmanuel said, what drives you? Be passionate at it and do the right thing.